Hey, what's good, family? This episode, I had an opportunity to chop it up with a self-proclaimed YouTube troll goes by the name of Binary Code. Um, I I listened to uh, lives on YouTube, and um, there was a, one in particular where I saw uh, there was somebody in the in the chat and on the panel that was clearly trolling. I could see it. I don't know if everybody else could see it. I could see it, and I was enjoying it. You know, because it was it was a intellectual trolling, but it also was fun and a little bit goofy. But the troll bought the conversation where he wanted it to go. But it was nothing like vicious. And um, so, you know, fast forward to me seeing this particular troll, you know, finding out that he had his own channel. So once I found out he had his own channel, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in there for that. So I subscribed to his channel and then I asked for an interview, of course, because the way I operate is whatever the whatever the uh, avatar or the you know character or the person, the public persona is. I always know and we always know that there's a story behind a person. And as I got to get inf- more information about him, then I said, OK, this dude's more interesting than I thought. So I, you know, I reached out and asked for him if he would come in and interview on my podcast. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, you know, let's see what we got. Yeah, what you get? Yeah, right? but guess, <laughs> if the guests don't show up, you kind of right. just trying to figure out. So, um. But, yeah, you got to prepare for that. You yeah, gotta prepare. That's what I that's what I don't I don't have to do because this is not live. I could, right. you know, so I don't have to do that. But um, so I want to the first thing I want to talk about is um, how did you how you grew up? Where did you grow up? Oh, man. The mean streets of Oklahoma. OK, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the mean streets of Oklahoma. Nah, man, I had a I had a very sheltered uh, childhood and not necessarily money but love. You know what I mean? As far as my parents love me enough to let me make my own mistakes. <laughs> they love me enough to throw me out into the, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw me out into the world. And, you know, you either sink or swim, fool. you know, yeah. make your own choices, do what you do. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that's kind of how I grew up. Uh, I wish they would have loved me a little bit harder than they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, I love my parents for that, man. So I grew up in Oklahoma uh shoot man had to deal with racism you know that was a part of it i mean my neighbors were racist and and what's crazy is my actual my neighbors right next to me was racist but their son i taught him everything he needed to know about football right isn't that crazy yeah i taught him everything he needed to know about football we was best friends but his parents were racist as shit man so i had to deal with that now do you knew that as a kid that no they're the ones that uh this wasn't my first brush with racism, but it was my first up close and personal encounter with racism, like face to face type stuff. Because uh, his sister, who was only like a couple of years younger than us, I was teaching her how to play baseball. You know what I mean? And she was pretty good or whatever, whatever. And I started liking her. You know, I mean, one on one lessons. You know what I mean? <laughs> that don't sound like baseball, bro. That sounds like <laughs> it was baseball. It was okay. baseball. Okay. All right. Oh, that's right. You one know, on- first base, second base, third base. <laughs> I was teaching everything, you know what I mean? And so I started liking her or whatever. And uh, she actually told me everything about you is cool, except you're not white. That's what she told me. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. Okay. So that was my first, you know, 
And then I was like, does that really matter? Like, I'm talking to her like that. Does that really matter? Does that really matter? She's like, yeah. She's like, but you know what? You talk to my mom. And if she says, okay, then cool. And I was like, all right, your mom's cool. You know what I mean? So I went, I thought her mom was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, talked to her mom, like, hey, I'm teaching her how to play baseball, whatever, whatever. I like her to be my girlfriend. And this is what she's like, don't you think black little boys should stay with black little girls? And then, you know, she, she, she hit that. She hit me with that. But now let's fast forward to where I'm at now. That's how you keep your bloodline. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how you keep it. That's how you keep it going. You know what I mean? But that was my first real encounter with, uh, with just blatant racism right in my face. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Man. That's tough. Like, man. yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think when I was, uh, probably like I used to, cause I went to, at, from the first to the fourth grade, I went to a basically all white Catholic school. They used to mm. at this program, where you know, if you got certain grades, they shipped certain you know certain black kids out to the to the you know about a half hour out to the white schools, and you know, mm-hmm. like I didn't really, I didn't pick up on some of the stuff, but as I got, as, as I was separated a little bit more from it, I, then I started to see some of that those jokes about having Brillo pad hair mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Because, mm-hmm. You know, we you know in our community, black community, we grew up, you know trying to emasculate each other anyway so right right talking you know talking shit to each other doesn't you know that's nothing new but i didn't look at it like that but as i you know i started separated from it, it was like damn they was really they was going in on me in a way and then then i started to think like where was that coming from because they heard it from somewhere so yeah, you know you know what's crazy is although although where i grew up wasn't as gangster. And we were all wannabe gangsters, not not necessarily me, but the people around me were wannabe gangsters. Those guns were real. Oh, yeah. 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 Like they would really shoot each other, but they weren't like, you know what I mean? They didn't really know the hoods they were claiming. They didn't really know this, but they were mimicking everything they seen. And they were really out there beating each other up and shooting people. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like one of my good friends, uh, one of my good friends, you know, got arrested for murder. He went he walked up into a gas station, popped this lady, killed her. I just could not believe it. Like we were in ninth grade, yeah. you know, but that, that life got to him and he went in there, handled his business. Uh, and wait, actually he got away a uh, white dude too. He trying to, you know, hanging with all the hanging with us. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got away, but his crew, they ratted him. <laughs> they ratted him out. Yo, <laughs> listen, if I could tell anybody, anything, I'm from Connecticut. So when most of the people say Connecticut, they think there ain't no black people in Connecticut. But if mm-hmm. you if you get a chance, look up um like Bridge. I'm from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Look up Bridgeport, Hartford, um, New Haven, and a little mm-hmm. bit of Waterbury. They like you know, it's like a they like little New York. It's not it's not a lot of people, but the crime per capita is really high. Yeah, and um. A lot of the times, like I always tell people like that, no snitch and all that. That was all a bunch of BS because everybody was, since the beginning of the time, people been telling on every, each other. that There is no, they no rules, they no, they, it's none Mm-mm. of that. So, it, nope. you know, even though the, the portrayal is, you know, and I yeah, work on, do it. I work on a college campus. So this to hear like, or to see like, um you know, well-off white kids, like when, when there's an investigation or something and like, well, I'm not a snitch. And I'm, it's just like, come on, man. Man, get out of yeah, here, Yeah, that's, that, that's for, that's, that's supposed to be for criminals. But even if you look at the mafia or, mm-hmm. you know, the gangs in the, in the, in the hood or whatever, they yeah. always telling on each other. Let me, <laughs> let me go back. Um, 
So you have mentioned that, you know, you look at things different now. So when the mom said, don't little, don't you think, you know, black boys should, you know, date black right. girls or whatever she said. But like, do you remember like how you felt about that? Uh, back then? Yeah. Yeah, I felt, I felt, uh, shoot, man. I felt uh, shunned almost. You know what I mean? I felt, uh, I felt, I felt almost bad to be black at it, mm. you know? You know what I mean? Because I really, because we was really digging one another. And you got to look at the the psychology behind it. I got hit with, if you were white, I can go out with you. And that was coming out of her mouth. Right. Right. And then you go to the mom and then she hits me with that. It feels like there's something wrong with you. Right. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I felt. But I never, I never wanted to be white though. Right. <laughs> I just felt bad at that time. Like, damn. So this is, this is what's uh, keeping me from that. Okay. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? But I never, I never once in my life was like, dang, man, let me, I wish I was white. Nah, right. never. Did, never now, did, did you, do you remember if like you had any kind of like inkling or did, did anybody, was anybody putting you up on that type of stuff before it actually happened? Or that was like your introduction to it? Well, I mean, when I was in fifth grade, uh, it, ne- it wasn't necessarily a white person, but her dad was white. Uh, it was a, it was an Asian girl. And, and like, uh, you may, you may know this, you may not know this, but my mom is half Japanese right. and she raised me in that culture. You know what I mean? And not necessarily with the language, but with the food, you know what I mean? The way I conduct myself uh, and all that stuff. And that's why, that's why, you know, my, I talk the way I do, my voice is all high. She, she did all that. <laughs> she did all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> she didn't let me walk around grabbing my nuts. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I, mean? I wasn't allowed to do none of that. Right. <laughs> you know, but, uh, um and so you know i was digging the asian culture you know and so i I saw this girl i was like yo what's up and we started talking and we started secretly you know this is fifth grade man started secretly going out and this one black girl was hating on us told her dad her dad ended that job quick Mm. and it wasn't because we were young right right because he just did not want and that girl knew that that girl knew that about her dad right and so and so that was my real real encounter with it but my first time actually feeling it yeah. was with the other person. Right. You know what I mean? That was my first time actually feeling it. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned um, we could we can jump all over the place. But like, oh, so, cool. so, you know, you mentioned your mom is half Japanese. So we we fast forward a little bit to now time where there's there seems to be a, there's tension in the, mm-hmm. in the black and Asian community. But I don't think for, for the most part, I don't think really, um, you know, the black community separates like because i just went to mexico and uh-huh. i'm i'm ignorant about the country of mexico and one of the things that i did learn at 40 i just turned 48 yesterday but at 47 uh-huh. i learned that and this is probably gonna sound silly but there's different you know people and different people in mexico mm, different types of uh, different uh, Mex- types of mexican Mexi- mm-hmm. mexico yeah. is a country Mm-hmm. And it went down at um, one of the guides went down. We went to look at some Mayan ruins and stuff like that. And it, he, mm-hmm. he he broke down the different tribes and he gave us years when this per, when this tribe came over. And and I just remember thinking like, man, I don't know shit. <laughs> That's I, how I feel too, bro. Yeah. I just like everybody was Mexican at, until that point. But then it was just mm-hmm. like, so I, I don't know that we necessarily um, in our community like separate Asian culture. And I don't right. know that we know enough about it. Um, so 
I think we lump everybody in when it comes to Asian. And we tend to think, at least from from my reach, we uh, tend to think everybody is Chinese. Right, right, yeah. So we don't yeah, no, even... There's a huge difference, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you, you, you're growing up and you have uh, Japanese culture, it's mm-hmm. odd for me like that as a kid, we loved like the Japanese culture. We loved the TV right. shows. We loved... Mm-hmm. You know stuff like that, the the mythology. But as we gotten older, it seems like you know we find we find more reasons to separate ourselves. Now I say all that right. to say somebody like you who is actually um, has blood of different mm-hmm. races in your system. How is that for you, man? Um, it's weird, and I know I'm gonna catch a lot of flack for saying this, but. Um, my skin is as black as can be. You can see my skin is black as can be, but the way my mom raised me, my, my, my psyche is different. Right. You know what I mean? So I think if I didn't, if I didn't get that jolt of realness in my life, as far as you black Negro, you black, if I didn't get that jolt, I could be in a lot of trouble, right. you know, because my, uh, the way she raised me is in, in the way that I present myself and stuff. I always thought like, I didn't really see the colorism. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't really, I didn't really get any of that. You know, I wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't do that. Like I just wasn't in that lane. Like, I mean, my friends were black, you know, I had some Asian friends too, but it just never occurred to me. Like this world is against you. Right. You know, uh, that, that this world has, has disdain for you. Uh, when I would, you know, when you go, when you're in school and you learn about the slavery stories, it never occurred to me like, bro, you're a part of that. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're a part of that. So, uh, and this, this is another thing is, is, uh, um, it took me a while to get accepted into the Asian community. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's funny because they can sniff me out like, yeah, yeah, you ain't, full, there's something in you, something in you. They, like right. they can sniff me out, right. but still because of, because of my skin, they, they have that. Right. You know what I mean? And that even like full on Asians, like if, like if there was a dark skinned Asian like me, that's just speaking fluently Vietnamese, they would still kind of, you know, right. until you're in it. So you have to kind of prove yourself in that culture to be a part of it. So it was, it was really, really hard for me because of the way my mom raised me and your parents have tons of influence over you. You know what I mean? So because my mom raised me like that, I was, I'm, I'm like drawn to, to Asian women, to, right. to the Asian culture, to, you know what I mean? To, to that, to that side of things. So when you try to gravitate towards there and you're getting rejected and you don't really understand why, you know, it does something to you. Right. You know, it does something to you. So right now I'm not wrestling with it at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been married for almost 20 years now, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know nice. what I mean? Got four kids, you know, I'm not, you know, it's all good. But growing up, it was real hard. Man. Yeah. And, real and hard, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Because, you know, you think about it, like if you, if your mother is part Asian and at some point, you know, as kids, your mother's the most beautiful woman yeah. there is. So, yeah. you know, you definitely going to seek, you know, your pattern seeking is like, you know, I want my, uh, somebody like my mom since, you know, mm-hmm. she's sweet mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, obviously yeah. you don't want to get cussed out like your mom did. Well, at least my, <laughs> at least my mom did. But when it came to somebody's example, like, you know, my mm-hmm. mom's did every, she cooked, did babe did everything for you she was Absolutely. you know they say you know your first you know your first quote unquote god is is mom yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. she done no, everything real. for you so 
I could see why you would lean towards that anyway. And that's part of her culture. Yeah. Um, that's real. And, and imagine just growing up and that's all you're eating is Asian food. Right. Like, but it was crazy what, how my mom did it. Um, and she only did it with me, which I think is weird because I'm one of five, like it's five of us, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And for whatever reason, she only did this with me, uh, tons of Asian food, but she would cook soul food as well. Right. You know what I mean? The rest of the family eat that. It's like, uh, come on over here, binary. You're going to eat some noodles with mama. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. just like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just come on to mama. And like, she did that. I don't, right. I think it was because, you know, um, my grandma, uh, uh, was murdered. Right. right. So my grandma was murdered when my mom was 13. So I think what my mom did, it was instill, instill her legacy or just that, that, you know, that, that, yeah, I'll, I'll go with legacy into me. She right. didn't want her mom her mom's legacy to go to waste or she didn't want it to end. So I think she chose me. I don't know why I'm the blackest out of all of us. I don't know why she chose, you know what I mean? Maybe (laughs) that's it though. Maybe that's it. You're the darkest one of everybody. And Mm -hmm. and it's probably, it'll probably be harder for, you know, in society. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, to to put that in you, so you, 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 you connected with it. And I mean, it's your, it's part of your, your your lineage. So why not? You yeah. know, um, why not include that? And, you know, so you you really, you know, your mom really made sure that you got, a, a, would you say, like, best of both worlds? Uh, nah, mm. not my mom. My mm. mom didn't give me the best of both worlds. I I guess, you know, when you said, you know, your mom's cussed you out and stuff, she gave me that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? She did give me that part. But she didn't, she didn't teach me. Uh, she nobody taught me about black history right unfortunately man i had to learn that on my own and that was very recent that was a i'm about i'm a four-year student i would say right now i've been i've been doing i've been studying black history black culture for about four straight years and this is the thing about me man whenever i start studying something i put my mind to something and really want to learn it like i dive deep into it you know what i mean i don't just stay on the surface of the thing i dive deep into it so four years for me, <clears throat> for some people, that's about like 20 years of trying to learn right, something, right. you know? So, so what I've learned now, it's like, damn, man, like this has been around me this whole time. You know what I mean? But I don't know, maybe my mom's a, a, a psychic, maybe she's a prophet or whatever. She knew, she probably knew I needed that heavy dose of that in the beginning because society, hold on, my son's about to touch the light. Don't touch that light, bro. Don't touch that light. That's my baby. Oh, God. <laughs> You know, she probably thought, you know, what society is like, and I'm going to grow into that because right. eventually you learn you black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, you're yeah. going to learn you black. But, you know, I probably would have never learned I was uh, part Asian. Right. That's, know, so I think yeah. that's probably why she did it. Yeah, for sure. Heavy, okay. heavy, make sure that, and like you said, she didn't want to, um, with her mom, she wanted to make sure her mom's, mm-hmm. you know, legacy, at least you know that part of her. Um, right. So you, you mentioned baseball. Um, mm-hmm. You were teaching baseball, so you heavily into sports. Yeah, yeah. So what got yeah. you into sports? Was your mom, was that something from your mom's? Nah, uh, shoot, that was just me. Uh, baseball was the first sport that I actually played, man, which was crazy. That was in fourth grade. Was one of my neighbors. One of my neighbors again was like, "You look like you fast." Probably being racist, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> like, okay, sure, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll yeah, You fast, look like you, know you know fast I mean? and jump high. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go play some baseball. 
And that's when that's when I fell in love with sports. And then I, I realized like, oh, man, there's tons of sports out there. Baseball, basketball, football, you know, soccer, you know, and I, I just fell in love with all of it, man. So that's what that's what really got me into it. Right. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. no, go ahead. No, I was going to say I played base, baseball was my first. Love. I still love baseball, but that was the first, you know, organized sport I played was baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it's legit, bro. It's legit. I threw out my arm a little bit though, which kind of hurt me for being a because I was a quarterback too. But mm-hmm. I threw out my arm a little bit because I nobody really trained me how to pitch because yeah. I could throw I could throw really hard. You know right. what I mean? But that's all I was doing: fastball changeup, fastball changeup, yeah. <laughs> fastball changeup. And so I kind of threw my arm out a little bit, and that's what made me stop playing baseball. And you know, I'm old now, so it's like softball. You know, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get out there and hit the Listen, softball. I can't even do that, man. I I tore my Achilles <laughs> sliding in mm. the second base. And mm. I, I roll my ankle the opposite way. You know, I usually roll it one way. I roll yeah. it the opposite. Yeah, yeah. it's Ugh. it's. Yeah. I was playing. Um, I still play basketball. I must admit, I got a um a hoop in my driveway, but I still play oh, basketball. Okay. Um, but mm-hmm. I had to give up. Like I was heavily into baseball. Football was, you know, my thing in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like. I also dabbled in the streets. That's for another conversation. But I, you know, <laughs> um, but I always love sports. Um, I feel like sports. Uh, you know, where you where you have to rely on other people, it kind yep. of prepares you. I don't think I think people underrate the fact that how much it prepares you for life oh, in real. general. You guys don't, yeah. you know, you if um, you know, you're on first base and you know somebody's up, and they got lay a bunt down or whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever. You don't you, you don't give a shit what color they are. <laughs> right? No, that's real. You know, that's real. You trying to move yep. them over to second base. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yep. as long as I th- I find like as long as like the best players are on the field or the court, I think most kids don't really, it doesn't really matter to them because they no. know. They don't really no. care if that person is better. They don't really care. That's the thing uh, with sports. Um, yep. That That's like, a for me, that helped me along the way. Now, yeah, you know, having a good attitude helps as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people I had a bad attitude. And like I was, <laughs> and you must have been really good. Yeah, yeah. Bad attitude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, listen, <laughs> you know I, how that goes. <laughs> I'm I'm uh I'm six three. I've been this tall since I've been fourteen years old. Ooh, yeah, I, so I've been oof. you know ran a, like a, I ran a four four in the Ooh. forty. You know, I, and and so to get me Monday, I remember in high school Monday was like film day. Mm-hmm. For me, Monday was a day to go chase girls. I didn't show up to film day. <laughs> You know, I, sometimes I wouldn't practice all week, and the coach was like, "As long as you're ready on game day." He didn't really care, right? So, you know, so right. I was I was one of those kids who really didn't, um, you know. But I I did see the value, in the <laughs> even though even though I got preferential treatment, I did see the value uh-huh. in the rest of you guys practicing and you know staying together. <laughs> oh man, that's tough, bro. That's tough. <laughs> all right, so let me let me jump around. So. Uh, we're going to fast forward a little bit to uh, actually an interesting thing. I want to, I want to talk about how you got into um, becoming a pastor. I know, we, I know we skipped through, we, we skipping through some stuff, but you, to yeah. me, you one of those dudes that's so interesting. You got such an interesting story that we could just go wherever. So how did you get into <laughs> uh, becoming a pastor? Oh man, my journey was crazy. So, you know, my wife and I got together real young, bro. You know, she was 18. I was 21. You know, uh, she was pregnant. You know, life was, hold on. My son, my son's trying to talk. Hold on. What I do? Huh? Oh, I can't hook it up right now. Daddy's in a meeting. I'm sorry, bro. 
man. That, he don't care, listen, man. man. He don't no, care. no. That's that's beautiful, <laughs> though. I'm leaving that in, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. I'll leave that in. <laughs> oh, man. So, so you know, pregnant, didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, Jesus is always the answer. You know, mm, mm. <laughs> it's you know one thing in the black community, man. Yeah, <laughs> maybe throwing some Jesus on. <laughs> hey, you pray and then wait, and either you get yeah. it, either you get it uh, later, because sometimes the yep. answer is no. Your, your prayers yep. are always answered, but sometimes the answer is yeah, no. Yeah, the answer is no. Yep. And you hey, definitely, you know what? You're gonna get in the afterlife if you don't get it now. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is. At that time, I was I was in college trying to uh, I was I was on my way to getting an engineering degree. Mm. So I was getting an engineering degree. I was I was already at the company. You know, I was working for an avionics company. Uh, I was a technician. So, I mean, being young like that, you know what I mean? And and living life, you know, got my girl pregnant. <laughs> en- engin- got my- en- engineering life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, dang. And then you would think, you know, dealing with all those numbers, dealing with all the uh, dealing with all the components, soldering, de- dealing with all that. Like I would have more of a physics mindset and not move so close into, you know, the spiritual, religious, right. Jesus movement type thing. And like I kept I keep thinking back, like what pushed me? What pushed me? What pushed me? Sometimes when real life hits you. Like, oh, my gosh, she's pregnant. Like sometimes when that stuff hits you. That's that's your own, that's all you can do. Correct. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you turn and you just like, well, I don't know what to do. Right. And so that's what drove me to church. And like I said, I've always been the type, bro. Like, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I sat there. This uh, Baptist preacher was preaching the gospel, uh, saying everything I needed to hear at the time. And you know, I fell in love with Jesus at that moment. And that's how I entered into the church. Uh, shoot. One year later, I'm up. Uh, I'm up there preaching. You know what I mean? I'm up there preaching one year later, up there mm. preaching, right? Yeah. Uh, two years later, my wife and I, because we got married. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So my so my wife and I are uh, traveling the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah, traveling the United They're flying us everywhere. We're like the poster child for the church, for churches, like flying us everywhere. They have us, they have our photos all over their flyers. So for whatever reason, it seems like no matter what I do, bro, like this happens, you know, right. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like there, it's, it's like an elevation happens. And, you know, I attributed that to, to Jesus at that time. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, thank you, Jesus, for lifting me up, lifting me up, not knowing what's really happening to me, right. you know, but so I'm getting pushed out there, getting pushed out there. So it's inevitable, bro, that I'm going to become a pastor. Like everybody and their grandmama knows it. Like he's, he's destined. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But what I did not uh, anticipate was how much people were going to use me. Mm. Like they used the heck out of me, bro. Uh, so the, so the first church I went into, I was supposed to become a pastor at that church. Um, before that happened, I did like this outreach event, right? That church only had about 75 members, right? About 75 members, small church, 75 members, maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred on a good day. So I did an outreach event, bro. I packed that church out, bro. I packed. There were so many people that came to that event just to hear me speak, just to hear me rap, just to hear like, just to hear my testimony. Packed the church out, and they were like, "Oh, this is gonna be one of the pastors. This is gonna be one of the pastors." Bro, the next Sunday, I got pulled to the back back office. <laughs> the 
<laughs> that pastor was like, oh, hell no. Oh, you nah. ain't going to come up yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> you taking his spot. Mm-hmm, yep, yeah, taking his spot, man. And they, he was like, nope, not going to happen. He just started rebuking me. He just started saying it was it was the binary show. You know, right. he started like, I was like, whoa. And everything I was doing, I thought I, w- I was doing for his approval. You know, I thought it was God's approval. Right. But I was doing for his approval. You know what I mean? I thought I was doing what he wanted as far as, you know, let's let's blow this thing up. Let's get these people here. Right. And what's crazy, bro, I think you're going to trip out on this, is the people that were coming, they were coming from all over the place, from different churches, from different religions, all over the place, just to hear me talk, man, and just to be a part of whatever it is that we were doing. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Like, if you go yeah, to the YouTube yeah, street. Yeah, yeah. yeah we <laughs> going to my show right now. We're going to get to some... Tra- I, I wanna, you got an interest, interesting trajectory from, you know, sports to uh, mm-hmm. al- almost like a missionary to troll, but we we got to get into all of that. Yeah, so, you know, uh after that after that uh after that verbal beatdown <laughs> from that pastor i was like you know what um people are offering me positions like they they just keep other churches kept trying to pluck me out of that church anyway saying i'm wasting my time wasting my time and so i took this one dude up on the challenge i was like you know what you want me to come to your church and he made me an assistant pastor so that's how i got my foot in the door i got licensed through him you know what i mean and i became an assistant pastor there uh man i forgot what happened with with that situation but it got ugly right. it got real ugly and it had nothing to do with jealousy or, or or him and i falling out or something i can't remember what happened though but he did something where everybody just started leaving to the point to where i would show up and i'd be like so you, you you're preaching to me and my family now this dude had the nerve when i was like Okay, so we're gonna go. You know what I mean? He's like, "Oh, now you leaving us?" I'm like, "Come on, bro! Are you serious? Come on, man!" But, but I'm not gonna lie. He spent a lot of money, bro. He spent a lot of money. He introduced me to a lot of famous people in 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 Christendom. He right, introduced right. me to a lot of famous people. You know, so my name was buzzing. I can't even. Man, I've been to so many different churches. I can't even remember them all. But I do, I do know this though. I started a daycare. I already got doxxed, man. The, the YouTube streets already doxed. Oh yeah, no. Nah, like, you about this? I didn't hear anything about your daycare. So. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah, because they're like, "Hey, binary, how's the daycare going?" I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> what do you mean?" Yeah, you got a daycare, don't you, binary? How's that going, Mister Daycare Director? I was like, "Okay, fine. If you're gonna dox me, you see, I'm the owner of that shit. I'm not, yeah. I'm not no director. I'm the owner. I got directors under me. Right. <laughs> I own that bitch. <laughs> dox me right, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, YouTube's gonna play, bro. Yeah. And so you know, I started, I started daycares. Uh, I started daycares so that because this was gonna be my end for the churches. Because what I realized, because I'm a thinker, bro, and so are you. I can already tell. I realized they're always begging for money, right? So if I could come in there bringing them about $800 a week, right? just off the strength because I'm running a daycare and running it out of their church, you know, you know, I get, I get about a thousand a week. They get about 800 a week. Come in there like that. They're gonna, they're gonna want to keep, they're gonna want to keep me around. I'm an asset. You know what I mean? I'm an asset. And so that's what I did. I started that daycare that everybody knows about. (laughs) So I started, so I started that daycare, but my mission was to, you know, bring it to the churches so that I can be a blessing right off rip. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And so I brought it to the first church blessing right off rip. 
everybody fell in love with me at that church. Pastor kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? $800 a week. He didn't care about yeah. that. Well, listen, <laughs> you might Yeah. Maybe if you had $2,800 a week, he might have. <laughs> I mean, my team would be like, yeah, he could stay. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a, and lot of, a lot of politics, though, huh? Oh, tons of politics. Tons of politics. But what's happening, though, as I'm getting kicked out of all these churches, people see how real I am and they're following me. And that's what the that's what the pastors didn't see that what was happening. And I wasn't stealing people out of these churches. They were just following me everywhere. You know what I mean? So it's like, OK, where's he going to land next? Where's he going to land next? And then there was a few more churches that I went to. And then I finally hit this spot where there's about three thousand members at this church. And I became uh, one of the lead pastors at that church. I wasn't the actual lead lead, but they considered me one of the lead pastors where I preach a lot, teach a lot brought my daycare there. Uh, we, I mean, I brought them so much money, way more than $800 a week. I right, brought them right. so much money uh, through that daycare because the classrooms, the campus was just so beautiful. Like people wanted to be there and I always made sure my daycare prices was as low as they could possibly be. You know what I mean? So, so it blesses the church, blesses the community that we're in. And uh, it was just booming. It was really, really booming. But when I went into this, uh, at this particular church, when I went into it, because I knew they had money and I knew, you know, that they were charismatic enough that I can be branded through them. I I didn't, I didn't tell them I'd be a pastor until I got like a contract right now. And so I said, within two years, you have to be at least finding me a location to where you want to send me, because this is what I want to have my own spot. You know what I mean? And they agreed to it. But after two years, you know, I was bringing so many people in. I was bringing so much money. I was, you know, I was doing so much stuff. They didn't want to let me go. Yeah. And my, why, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you doing all that, it's like, nah, let's just keep them here. Yeah. Let's keep them here. Let's figure it out. Let's keep them here. Let's figure it out. And so because he did, because that pastor didn't want to let me go, even though he needed to honor that contract, he didn't want to let me go. What he decided to do was, hey, hey, okay. We said we were going to look for you a spot, so we're going to look for you a spot. So we found a spot that we both that we both agreed on, and I was like, "Cool!" And I was happy with the spot or whatever. And then he said, "So this is what we're going to do: you're going to be the campus pastor here, and we're going to do uh, video me in." So he was going to be on like this big screen. <laughs> wow! I'm like, so I'm the maintenance man of this bitch. <laughs> what, the hell, what the hell is a campus pastor? <laughs> Hey, bruh, when he told me that, I, I threw up the deuces so fast. I didn't even care about the daycare no more. I was like, I was, I was like, run it, run right. it yourself. You think you can run this? You think you can do this? You're going to play me like this? Run it yourself, you know, and begging me to stay. No, 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 that's not what I meant. I meant maybe a couple of years we do it this way until, you know, you got to. I was like, no. Mm-mm. And so when I left there, I went to the last church that I finally, finally, you know, resided at for a while. And that was with uh, like 1,500 members went there to that church and uh you know now this is a span of 10 years you see what i, I mean that's as what far i was about to ask you like, how, yeah mm-hmm. right. yeah so it's a span of 10 years uh that i've been pastoring and so at this church man it was probably one of the realest churches one of the realest churches i've ever been at everybody was dope everybody was cool man i mean it was like what you what i think what people really want to see in a church this church has it the only problem is is doctrine bro like when trayvon martin when something when you know when trayvon martin got murdered uh something something happened to me you know and i think i think something happened to a lot of black folks like you know our eyes kind of opened up to like the realness of our sons and 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 how fragile their lives are out here because when he got murdered my son was 16 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, and I, go ahead. I was going to say, you send your kid to the store to get some, you know, basic stuff that, you know, goofy, you know, just mm-hmm. the, the, the words are Skittles, right? You send your kid to the store yep. and he getting some Skittles mm-hmm. and they don't make it home, man. That, mm. you know, and as a father, yeah, you like, whoa, I can't. Yeah. Myself. And it wasn't even, it, it don't make it better, but it wasn't even no. like police. Right. It was like a dude right. that, and I'm saying that just felt like, oh, you know what? I, he shouldn't be walking through here. So, yeah, no, nah, I, yeah. I agree with you. That did something. Yeah, yeah, it did something, man. And then, like, uh, like I had a nightmare, man. I was I was at the scene, and, you know, at, I was in my nightmare, I was at the scene, the whole Trayvon Martin scene, bro. And uh, after everything happened, he was laying there. He was laying face down. I turned him over, and when I turned him over, I saw my son. I didn't see Trayvon. I saw mm-hmm. my son, and that was it for me. That was it. That was when it was like, okay, that was too real uh i need to start learning history right you know i gotta start i gotta start learning like serious history serious history i've already i was already in that mode two years prior to that but it wasn't heavy you know what i mean it was just like i was dibbling and dabbling really starting to understand who i am studying more of the nation of islam you know because you know no justice no peace that was a real big thing march was a real big thing you know what i mean so i was really trying to get into get into all that and figure out how i can relate christianity to all this stuff that's going on yeah that's what i was going to ask you like how did you how do you resolve that type of stuff with what you're reading and what you're teaching in the Bible, not more, more what you're teaching, because, you know, you can read stuff and, and, um, you know, but like, how do you, how did you resolve that? What, what you're actually teaching? Oh, oh, bro. I was conflict. I was conflict, uh, conflicted, man, conflicted big time. When I was up on that pulpit preaching, bro, I felt fake, man. Mm. I felt fake. I felt like, uh, what I was doing was a show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I just felt empty. Right. You know, I felt empty. And uh, this is the this is the kicker, though. I felt empty, but everybody around me was loving it. Right. You know what I mean? It's because I had to put on a production. I had to put on a show like because normally I'm pretty good with just talking, just being myself. You know what I mean? I think that's why a lot of people loved it when I preached, because I was just myself. You know what I mean? Just how I'm talking to you. Right. So I talk to everybody. You know what I mean? Just I just tie it in with the Bible. You know how I tie things in. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I was just doing all that tying, you know, tying everything, tying life in, tying the Bible into life and all that. But at that moment, I was so empty, bro, that uh, I had to make it a production. Right. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't really me, but yeah. they was digging that production because that's what preachers do. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were probably thinking I was shifting. They're probably like, oh, God's really taking binary up there. You know what I mean? But I'm empty, I'm empty as shit. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I had it. So it became a chore to write sermons. It never became a chore. to me. Like it was all it always used to just be it always just flowed out. Right. You know what I mean? Because I knew exactly how to read the Bible. I knew exactly like I knew I knew everything of how to how to really master these things down so it to flow right out. But at th- at that moment, man, the uh, the conflict that was going on in my mind from what I'm learning to what's happening here, bruh, I could not give that I could not give the scriptures that time no more. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I couldn't give it that time, and so I had to make a show out of it. And so when I'm up there, I'm hollow, bro, just making a show. And what's crazy is everybody except my wife, because my wife knew what was up. You know what I mean? Everybody except my wife was just loving it. Right. But she knew I was empty up there. So. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. And, and she knew and you know, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? but because yeah. she got to see you behind the scenes. So, yep. 
Um, what kind of, um, you don't have to go into detail, but what kind of things was she saying to you or what, how, what was her direction as far as, Hey, you know, I see well, this, you know, you know, yeah, well, my, my wife, uh, uh, she's a Christian to the core, like to the core. I love, I, I love that about her. You know what I mean? I love that she has a conviction, um, and that she sticks with it. And, and I had to learn how to do that, man. I had to learn how to really just love people where they're at. And, you know, not try to, because growing, I'm saying growing up in it, even though I didn't, but my my mentality feels like I grew up in the Christianity, even though I didn't, because that was what really, that was the first programming that I got, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So growing up in that, I realized how I used to just push it on people, push it on people, push it on people, proselytizing, forcing people. This one dude, it got so bad that I was on the streets, right? Right, talking to a dude. This one dude told me, you know what? I'm gonna call the police. I'm like, call the police? What are you talking about? He's like, you spiritually harassing me. I'm like, what the? Oh, my bad. <laughs> Bro, I'm like, I'm like, spiritually harassing you. I'm like, shit. I ain't, never, I ain't never heard it spiritually. He said, you spiritually harassing me. I was like, feel okay, well. <laughs> let me let me go back just a little bit. Yeah. All right, right. <laughs> I've yeah, never he heard was, of that before. Yeah, he said I was spiritually harassing him. You know, and so to be at the point where I am now, to be able to just love people where they're at, bro. Um, I see more beauty in people that way. Right. You know, I see it, I see tons. And and what's crazy is uh because my wife is so devout in her faith uh i see more beauty in that now that i've stepped back right you know what i mean because when we were in it together she was always in my shadow you know what i'm saying so i never i took her for granted let's just put it that way because she was always in my shadow she was always mrs code Hmm. mrs pastor mrs this mrs that she she all, she has a great voice, bro, as far as like when she wants to talk and she really wants to get things uh, said and she really wants to get things out there. She has a powerful voice. Right. And uh, that's why I was trying to warn D. Durrell, like, bro, you don't know who's backing me. Bro. Yeah. 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 You, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know who's behind me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful because that's that's the thing. That's the that's one of the major things. Like, that's why I try to, like, toe the line and just have some fun, because, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's certain things that I don't play with. Um, right. And I'm all for having fun and joking. And, yeah. I, you know, I don't take myself that serious, but I do right. take I do take including, you know, family and stuff like that. You know, if you if you if you're going to go after them, I take stuff like that serious. So, no, nah, I yeah. get it, man. You got to um, you definitely if you don't know people. And I think what happens is a lot of times people get away with doing stuff mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. normal for them. So, hey, yeah. it's like, hey, you know, I'm yeah. just going to say and do whatever because these guys are you know whatever they're nobodies or whatever but, right right you know yeah. you you don't know who people are man you gotta be right and it's crazy them. because i love that they're so into numbers like I, I say i'm into numbers i say i'm into all this i say i'm into all that bro but i feel like i have a good uh a good pulse on life and how things how fi- i have a good view on trajectory right you know what i mean how things go so i can look at my you know 485 subs and see a thousand right you know what i mean and see 2000 see three like i could see it as clear as day you're playing the long game and as long as you as long as you there's this um i always refer people to this story about this um i think i want to say it's in in india where there was this like area it was like barren and this guy every day he would walk down there and plant 
you know, something. And for like 30 years, and I'm not saying mm. it's going to take you 30 years to get your subs, right. but. Right, right, uh, right. It's okay. <laughs> for 30 years, he re, you know, he, he reinvigorated the whole area with, with mm. uh, the, the vegetation, animal life, everything. But he would just walk yep. down and, you know, just. So if you're looking at it like that and you feel like that, and um, um, I'm affiliated with a couple of uh, with a with a online radio station, a couple of guys and stuff like that out here. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that is he's a younger guy to me, but he's a, he's my mentor in this kind of space. Right, right. He was like, "Listen, man, if you release an episode and one person tunes in, you continue to make content for that one person, and that one person turn into two. And don't worry about the number; just keep putting it in. Well, if you, if, if that, if that's, that's what real. you want to do, if you don't want to mm-hmm. do it, and if you just, if you, you'll see the superficial people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just doing stuff to, um, to do it. Yeah. And or or for the fame. Some people, you know, there'll be some people that'll catch on and. You know, skyrocket and make make something for themselves. But the people that right. usually, you know, really make it are the ones that stay to it. And you don't see it. Um, you don't see that they put in, you know, three or four years in it. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, when I could no longer fake it, like I just couldn't fake it no more. That's when the rubber met the road, and I told the other pastors that were on the team because we we're a team. There was like five of us. I let them know my heart, bro. I let them know like everything that I'm doing. And because the church, the church just wasn't ready for that merge of realness as far as the, as far as what's really happening in the black community, they were not ready for that. Right. Well, especially the church that I, that I was uh, a pastor at, they just weren't ready for that realness. And so because they couldn't meet my needs, it was like, I don't need you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need, like, cause what's happening inside of me right now is so real. You know what I mean? It can't, it can't just be talked away. You know what I mean? Right, like right. stuff, stuff really needs to start happening. Changes really need to start going on the way that I'm thinking, like my whole paradigm, my mind, my whole worldview, everything just shifted in a, in almost like a moment. I know it was a gradual shift, but when it hit, there was a moment right. it hit, right. you know, and we were in that meeting and we were just all just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And what's crazy is there was another pastor and he's black. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at this dude like, bro, <laughs> but I get it, man. Cause he's in that he's, he was in that. I mean, we we're in the same lane. He just wasn't where I was mentally, as far as, you know, what's happening to the plight of black folks. Uh, and he came out of the nation of Islam. So he's probably thinking, you know, I'm going backwards. Right. Even though what's happening, what was happening was, uh, because there's a great awakening, I think, within the black community that's going on right now. And I think the world is waking up to it. You know what I mean? I tell people this all the time now that uh, the shift is happening where it's going to be super cool to be black. <laughs> I mean, super cool. So right. if you don't get it now, especially once uh, uh, the coronavirus, COVID and all that gets normalized, you right. know, just like the flu and just like all that stuff, once it gets normalized and in our society and we're able to really hit the ground running, it's going to be really good to be black, especially if you use that time wisely and built something up. Right. And when you hit that ground running, bro, everybody's going to want to support you. Everybody's going to want to see what you do. You know, the world, everybody's going to want to want to get behind, get behind you. And you can see that shift happening right now, you know, and uh, I think I saw that way back then. 
whenever I was going through my crisis, right. you know, and that was an identity crisis. I, I'm not, I'm not scared to admit that that was an identity crisis that I was facing. I'm just glad that I awoke at that moment and I was able to see what was going on, you know, in my heart. And it was, bro, you're black, man. Like, yeah. There's just like, you know, there's just, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You, you're, you're black. If the police pull you over, you're black. You know what I mean? Uh, people see you're black, you know what I'm saying? And in that reality, it, 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 it smacked me pretty hard, bro. I ain't gonna lie. It smacked me pretty hard. Right. You know, and that was my, that was my awakening. And that's what made me uh, step down from the church because their ideology, their doctrines, uh, you know, everything that I was teaching people, it contradicts, right. You know, the very core of who I am. So I had to, I had to step down. Yeah. It's, um, that's interesting because, you know, uh, if we go back, like, like you know, like after slavery and even during slavery, slavery, um, you know, the black Christian and the black churches was the go to. You know, that's right. where we that's where we went to be together. That's where we went to learn. Yeah. You know, even schools were, you know, basically, you know, the, the, the Christian doctrine was the schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that socially at, in this day and age, it seemed like. Like from your experience, and you know, and it may be different now, but from your experience, it seemed like they were pulling away from the social issues, where that's where we initially would go to. And I guess that's because we have so many different, you know, you have you have like Christian church, you have like you said, Nation uh-huh. of Islam, you have he- uh-huh. Hebrew Israelites, you have a bunch of different, you right, know, Pan African, right. you have a bunch of different um, yeah. sects that people can go to. But it's it's interesting that. Like in your experience, the church was like kind of like pulling away from the social part because that's initially right. what their what their core right. was. But right, yeah. And, and what's what's interesting is is like I said, this particular church, um, they did a lot, man. Like they were the, they were really the hands and feet out there handling business. You know what I mean? Just nobody was prepared to deal with uh, real black issues, right? nobody was prepared for that you know um they're prepared now though they're i mean i mean that church is it's rocking now they are on like hot topics they're asking when am i coming back i'm like never but hey they're (laughs) i mean they are have they tuned into your show (laughs) (laughs) i don't think so no my son was like dad you need more subscribers i was like yeah he's like i'm gonna hit up the people from the church i was like oh hell no you better not do that You better not do that. You talk about <laughs> copyright strikes and all kind of stuff. You, you you'll be out of there in a week. You, you, yeah, listen, you, you know what? You might want to uh, create about four or five more channels right now just to be in the same, just yeah, in case your yeah. son decides got, to take it to it. Oh gosh, he better not. He better not. Oh my gosh, I'd be done. Uh, but yeah, they're on it now, bro. They're on it now. You know, um, but you know, it's a little it's a little too late for me. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is now I understand that Jesus is a concept. Jesus is an energy uh, which allows Christianity to flourish the way that it does. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, living living here in America and western westernized westernized civilizations, everything's literal. Right. You know what I mean? They don't they don't see the figurative speech within the Bible. You know, everything is literal. You know, a lot of people take Jesus's words and transform those into figurative speech, but they right. don't take they don't take Jesus right and transform Jesus into figurative speech because you know there was so much before Jesus telling that story. You know what I mean? And, and I had to learn that there was that right. story is 
ancient, you know, it's an ancient story. And, uh, and I see how the, the Jesus story kind of fulfills those narratives that were going on and kind of, and kind of pushes itself into that. And that's why it has such a powerful effect right now. It's almost like a fulfillment of prophecy. So here's the sun, here's the sun, here's the sun, but here's the actual sun. And that's what the West, that's what the West took and said, no, it's a real person. It's this and it's that, and it's this and it's that. And it's not, it's not as metaphoric as, you know, the sun in the sky. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or the center of the universe type thing, you know? So I don't know, man. I don't want to get too deep into that. I was good. Yeah, I was gonna say, you, you know, uh, it's a rabbit hole, bro. You yeah. Know, you, when you get down that rabbit hole and, and mm-hmm. you start, um, you know, there's certain people you can't have the conversation with. So I, no. I, I generally just avoid the conversation altogether yeah. because, you know, I'm like, all right, um, nah. Bottom line for me is, you know, I get my ass up. I gotta go to work. I gotta create these opportunities. You That's know, real. when when I talk That's to real. people. You know, I don't, you know, I don't impede on their, you know, people beliefs, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a praying man. So, you know, if I need something done or if I feel like something, um, I need something accomplished, I don't look anywhere but to myself. Absolutely. Um, and it took me forever to learn that. Yeah. Bro. And I don't have a, like forever. a savior complex where I'm like, hey, somebody going to come in. You know, I just need to speak these words and somebody, somebody, right. nah, you, you can speak all the words you want. If you don't, bottom line, <laughs> if you don't get up off your ass, <laughs> or if you don't sign that paperwork, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus yep. ain't going to create your LLC. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, you, you gotta, you gotta do that stuff yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, no, that's real. But I avoid the that's conversation real. completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, it's tough to avoid it in my household. Um, but I got to give credit to my wife. She's she's really good at, uh, you know, uh, tip tiptoeing around the subject. You know what I mean? Uh, because if she if she if she starts coming at me, I'll go forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean? and then, yeah. then we start pissing each other. I off. was gonna say, yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want that in the household. You know what? I'm just gonna you know what? Let me <laughs> special educate. Let's talk about special education. <laughs> so you're you're a special education teacher. Um, how yeah. did you how did you pivot from um, engineering? Because, I, you know, I, I don't like how do you pivot from engineering? How did that, how did that happen? Yeah, right? to to special education. Yeah, so you know, Jesus is the answer for the world today. That's how it happened. So, uh, when whenever I entered into the church and I started like getting real deep into the ministry and getting deep into the youth ministry, I was, I was like, okay, I think God is telling me that I got to help out the youth. You know what I mean? So I was always trying to figure out a way how to make that shift happen. Okay. So like I said, when I do something, I, I really do it. (laughs) And so, you know, I was, I was looking for jobs that can help the youth. You know what I mean? In a YMCA job popped up on my search as a as a coordinator at the YMCA. Uh, and so my my money will get chopped in half if I take this job. But in my mind, God is telling me take this job. <laughs> Benefits gone, money gone, have you know what I'm saying? I feel like a damn fool right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean hey. but at the time I felt like I was really doing you know God's work. And so I went and interviewed for that job. They thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. They hired me. You know, I put my two weeks in as a technician. Hold on. I got to stop you for a second. How many people can say 
I went for a job. They thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. They hired me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Those things don't go together, but go ahead. No, that's true. No, that's true. Because they were like, wait a second. Where do you work? Wait a second. What do you do? Wait a second. How much money do you make? Wait a second. You want to do this? And I was adamant about doing it. And I was telling them because, because, like I told you, like I I read the job description. And so I knew, okay, I got to go into this interview with a plan on how I'm going to run the youth here. And so I had like a full out, I mean, a full out plan. And so that during that interview, they were pretty much sitting back listening to me. They weren't asking me no questions. Right. They were sitting back listening to me because I was like, they did ask me one question. They were like, so where, like, what did they say? Uh, so how do you see yourself fitting in here? I was like, there's my opportunity. And I just went on for like 30 minutes, bro. And I uh, laid down how I'm going to transform their whole entire facility. The YMCA ain't going to never be the same once you guys hire me. And like, because I laid it out and because, you know, that's why they called me nuts. That's why they called me crazy. But they love the idea so much. And guess what? When they hired me and I came there, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Right, right. I that's did exactly up. what I said I was going to do. That's what's and up. I, and I, I blew that thing up. But the person that hired me after a year... He quit or he, he quit or he retired or something. Uh, it, but he loved he loved me, man. And he was like, y'all better take care of him. He really did transform the youth here. We had no youth here. Now it's like now we now we're trying to get rid of youth. You know what I mean? Like they're coming out of nowhere because I changed that YMCA. I, I pretty much turned it into a rec center slash workout. You know what I mean? And so the kids love going there. And the parents were so excited. Like, my kids finally want to come. You right, know what I mean? Even right, though they right. want to go hang out with Binary. And they, you know what I mean? But they finally want to come. And they're signing up for stuff. Uh, I've put all kinds of camps and stuff. Man, I mean, I did everything for that YMCA. But that dude quit. And the woman that took his spot, she couldn't stand me. It's always something about me, man, where people just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, he doing too good. Look at him, man. He think he all ain't shit. Yeah, you ain't got no special treatment now. He gone. Uh-huh. Man, and she would like, she she put handcuffs on me bad. She's like, okay, so you're supposed to be with the youth. So don't leave that room. I'm like, the rec room? Like, hold on. My whole thing is to go play basketball, go play football, go right. do this, go do that, like interact. Like, no, we need you stationed in that room. I'm like, oh my gosh. So she completely destroyed my program, bro. Um, but that's how I got into the into the youth side of things. So as I'm stuck in that room, <laughs> there was this dude, right? This dude came through and he had a kid uh, that was, uh, had a, had, he has autism, right? And so, I, and that was my first like real encounter with like, like up close and personal. Oh no, no. Quick story, quick story. My first real encounter with the special needs community is I was playing basketball in about, I was like ninth grade and this dude was deaf, right? And so... <laughs> You know, he make a shine like Swiss, Swiss. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm and I'm clowning on Yeah, him. <laughs> not yeah, ninth grade, you yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah you know, I'm sure. clowning. I'm like, oh, you think you're all good, Swiss, Swiss, Swiss. And then and then he's like, he's like, you make fun of me, I'll kick your ass. I'm like, what kick my ass? I'm like, I'm like, this fool's deaf. Like, right. I'm, I'm about to kick his ass. You know, I'm about to beat up, I'm about to beat him up. <laughs> so you <laughs> think. <laughs> right, right, right. Man, the way that he took off his shirt. 
and he was like super ripped and like he took off like because he wore an oversized shirt so you just wouldn't think you think like yeah. okay stuff you know and he was kind of goofy or whatever but he took off his shirt and he started flexing on me like i'm gonna kick it I'm gonna kick it i was like oh, sh- oh. <laughs> I was like, bro i was about to get beat down for real yeah. for real and i was like i don't want no smoke no sm- i don't want no uh, uh, uh. so that was my first real encounter and i realized that you know they have strength <laughs> <laughs> they have this hidden straight that you don't know shit about. <laughs> uh huh. Just regular, regular. You know, they yep. have something that's different, but mm-hmm. still people. Yep. Yeah, still people. And so, at the YMCA, being stuck in that prison, right? Being stuck in that prison, the homie comes up and and uh, the kid has autism, and I'm like, dang, you know, that has to be tough. Like, I don't know what prompted me to be so bold to say this, but I was like, that has to be tough. Your son having uh, disabilities, you know? He's like, oh, this isn't my son. This is my client. I was like, what do you mean your client? And then he hit me on to being a care provider for uh, kids with special needs. Mm. I fell in love with that, bro. Right, right, I fell right. in love with that idea. I fell in love with that concept. I was like, they're keeping me in prison. I was like, give me a business card. I'm going to be a care provider. Money got cut in half again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really you really doing it from it, 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 from the heart. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, it, that's, you know, my... Like I tell, I mentioned my daughter's a social worker. I told her mm-hmm. before she got into it because initially she she wanted to do um, uh, probation and parole. Yeah. And I was telling her like when she decided she wanted to do like um, juvenile, I said, mm-hmm. "Man, this stuff is gonna tug at your heartstrings." Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk mm-hmm. about special needs and mm-hmm. the pay is getting cut in half, you are mm-hmm. like you have to love what you're yep. doing. I yep. just want to throw that in there. No, that's real, bro. That's real. And so I became a care provider. Uh, You know, I became a care provider and that's what got me into the special needs community. Right. And so the kid that I um, that I became a care provider for, he was having some problems. And and like I said, you know, this is the running theme in our in our in our talk here is whenever I plan on doing something, I do it to the fullest. You know what I mean? And so I learned all about the special needs community before I even, you know, before I took on this child. I learned all about the special needs community. I learned all the laws, the rules, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. what I can and cannot do. Like I learned everything. So I was with this and like I'm rare in the in the care providing because the, the kiddo I had, I still have. And so I've had him for about 15 years. Wow. Yeah, 15 years. So he considers me uncle. That's my little nephew. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had him for about, yeah, no, 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. Um, he was having issues at school. And like, I am a, stop, bud, stop, please. And so I knew all the laws of what he was supposed to get when he goes to school. So I went to his uh, IEP meeting, which is just an individualized educational program that they placed uh, our kiddos in. And so I went into that IEP meeting as his advocate. Okay. And when they were talking, they didn't know, they didn't know that I knew everything. Mm -hmm. So when they were talking, I lit them up, bro. (laughs) I mean, I lit them up. I got, I got my nephew everything and more out of that meeting. And then I was thinking like, okay, let me go sit into his classroom make sure the teachers and the paraprofessionals, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. And then when I sat in that classroom, I fell in love with the atmosphere. Right. You know what I mean? His teacher was, she was really, really good. I fell in love with like her teaching style. I fell in love with all his friends. You know what I mean? I just, I just fell in love with it. And then I started seeing myself doing that. And that's how, 
I became a special education teacher. You know, I was like, you know what? Because I was still getting all my degrees. <laughs> you know, um, I, I just finished up uh, my bachelor's in Christian studies, right. you know, um, at that time. And so I was moving into uh, getting the MDiv, Master's in Divinity. You know, I was moving into that. And then uh, I fell in love with this. So I was like, you know what? Let me get my master's in special education. Let me become a special education teacher. And then within the course of, of a, a year, after I witnessed that classroom, I became a special education teacher. I got my master's in special education, shifted gears completely. You know what I mean? Got my master's in special education, became a teacher. And I've been doing that for about four years now. So Right. And I know you're... you're um... You're looking to get into your, you're getting a doctorate. Is it in the yeah. same field? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's in special education. Nothing, nothing shifted me away from that. So I think I, I think after all that time, I finally found my groove. You know what I mean? As far as what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, the legacy that I'm supposed to be setting as far as, you know, Uncle Sam is concerned. <laughs> well, listen, you know, he, 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 he definitely, Uncle Sam, well, I, from a tax standpoint, he definitely mm-hmm. is there. Making sure that uh, <laughs> <laughs> binary. I, I heard we got paid. <laughs> <laughs> what we make this time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you got a YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He coming for that. He coming yeah. for that. I already know. So like, what know. are what are some of the like like the challenges as far as um with special education that people may not be aware of? Because special education seems to be like a broad thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But for you, yeah. what are some of the challenges? Well, uh, it's how they, how people, uh, they don't realize, because they'll always tell me, right? They'll always tell and, and I get why they say it, but they will always tell me, oh, God bless you for the work that you do. As if like what I'm doing is, you know, this, you know, super crazy dope thing that you know you gotta be a magician to do because these kids they have special needs or whatever what people don't realize is once you pass past the uh disability and you get into their world mm-hmm. they're easy bro right right okay <laughs> like my job man. <laughs> you know what i mean so hey y'all can keep throwing me around oh god bless you god bless you for your services okay well cool right. your job's a lot harder than mine <laughs> trust right. me as right. the other teachers their job's a lot harder than mine um so that's a misconception you know and that kind of bugs me a little bit you know and uh but what's really 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 hard is when a kiddo's family doesn't buy into their own child's success you know what i mean that Mm. right there that's like torture to my soul right is like when i see more beauty in their child than they do you know what i mean it's like come on nah nah Your, your child could do so much more than you give them credit for and unfortunately there's money uh in the special needs community right so parents typically don't want their kids to succeed <laughs> because, you know, they, you know, they don't want that money to go away. Right, right, right. As of right now, I think they're up to like, especially here in Arizona, which is one of the highest paying states. I think they're up to like $935 a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just imagine. Yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's some money, bro. <laughs> $935 yeah. a month to help, help you support your kiddo. Yeah. And some of these families, they have two kids. Right. You know, two kids that have been diagnosed. Um, so, so that's tough because they don't really want to see their kids succeed, unfortunately. But what I do is, and I made sure I did this, is I teach a functional skills class. So I get the, the lower, functioning, lower functioning kids 
and I teach them life skills. So academics come second. You know, I teach them how to cook. I teach them how to wash their clothes. I teach them how to tie their shoes. I teach them how I like all that functional skill stuff that 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 they need to be a functioning uh, citizen in our society. That's what I teach them. Like I teach them how to how to ride the the public bus. You know, we get them bus cards and that. So when we go on our field trips, we ain't, we ain't taking the yellow bus on the field trips. We walk right. into the bus stop. They gotta handle their business. You know what I mean? I teach them that, you know, I teach them how to go grocery shopping. So we, we hit the, we hit the grocery store mobbing around the grocery store. They got to get their own snacks. Right. You know, you want snacks, you, you better, you know, you got a budget right. to figure out, you know, Oh, you sure you want that Snickers bar? You got a whole week that you got, <laughs> you better be cutting that Snickers bar. You, yeah. sure you want to spend that much money. So they have to budget. They have to do all that stuff, you know? So, you know, what's, that's what I do. You know, what's funny about that two things. So that's, that's almost like a, I mean, it's like a parent what a parent yep. should be teaching their kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but also, too, I, I, maybe, you know, I've been out of school for a long time, so I might be off. But I, I don't know that schools teach, you know, regular, you know, I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. regular students, those types of things. No. No. So the fact when we that, grew up, we had home ec. Remember, yeah, home that, ec was pretty dope. Yeah, I was home, digging home ec. <laughs> yeah, home ec. But you, you know, you, 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 you know, um, I, 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 for home ec, I remember my home ec teacher always asking me if I'm being facetious because I was, you know, I was a, that's who I was. You know, Rodney, are you being facetious? And then, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, that that's just who I was. But I don't remember like, you know, functional skills. So right. the fact that you're teaching somebody who society has, you know, or, or test or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. deemed, you know, special needs or uh, mm-hmm. functional yeah. skills. And in reality, regular school, you know, it's, it's more based on test and, yeah. you know, standard, grading man. and yeah, mm-hmm. standard tests and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. that's just, that's just odd to me um, that, that you actually, well, now is that something that you do? Because there is a curriculum for you guys, correct? Uh, no, believe no. it or not. Okay. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Um, the, the school that I'm at, I, you know, I'm fortunate that uh, they include me because there, there's a distinction between general education and special education, like a, a real big gap, man. There's and, a line of demarcation that you you pretty much don't cross. But my the school that I'm at, they're so gangster, bro, that they include me in everything. Right. And so when they bought the curriculum for uh, – the K through fourth, they asked me, like, is this something you could use? And I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? And so, you know, uh, as far as phonics and math and stuff, they do give me a curriculum, but not every school in my district is, is, is not every special education program in my district is blessed like that. You know what I'm saying? So, but I create, I create my own curriculum, Okay. you know, and, um, and they've had, they've had functional skills in the school district, but they never defined it. So I wrote the description and I wrote like this is this is what functional skills is, and I'm actually writing a book right now okay. on uh, on functional skills. And as far as my uh, my doctorate is concerned, I'm a I'm a seminal writer uh, of this particular uh, area of special education. So if somebody wants to uh, you know do a dissertation on what I'm kind of like talking about, they have to quote me, bro. So okay, that's gonna that's, be dope. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, so that's some that's legacy building shit right yeah, there. You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah. No, nah, that's yeah, that's, so, that's a beautiful thing right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, it took it took some maneuvering to figure out because I knew like okay if I'm if I'm gonna get my doctorate, it has to be something special. So as I was figuring out my lane and figuring out you know because you have to 
when you get when you're getting your doctorate and you're trying to figure out your thesis and what you're going to be, you know, what you're going to be doing your research on, you have to go through a committee. It's not like you could just be like, OK, this is what I want to write about. And this is what I want to research. No, right. everything you do has to get approved. Mm. And so and so when you're going through that approval thing, you know, you have to you have to get your research based off of other people's stuff. And I was thinking, OK, what can how can I possibly do this to where? It's kind of based on other people's stuff, but it's really just me, you know what right. I mean? Just researching it so people have to do it. And in the particular research that I'm doing, it, it, it led to that. And they fell in love with the idea. So I, I thought about that. You know, that wasn't like something that just happened. Right. You know, I had to, I thought about that. I was like, I want to be the pioneer of this shit. I want to be, you know what I mean? I want to be like the start of this because... I moved out of my house at 17, right? My parents, my parents let me, that's a bug zapper in the back. So if you hear that pop, it's, it's just a bug zapper. Kind of, <laughs> getting, getting the mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a big pop. What the hell kind of mosquito yeah, yeah. is that? Hey man, we be lighting them up, bro. We be lighting them up. Yeah. You should see the bugs out of our shoot. I should turn my camera around. It ain't no Umar Not, situation. I was gonna say, don't turn, don't turn your chair. Don't turn. No, it ain't no Umar situation. I my, won't be embarrassed. My thing is, it's, 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 uh, y'all, y'all don't need to see that. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. No, no, but that was. Uh, I can't remember. I was. Uh, but that was strategic. Oh yeah, I moved out of the house at 17, and like I said, my mom did a great job of instilling um, the Asian culture within me. That's why I have a lot of influence, you know, from the Asian culture. And you guys know my, you know, my wife is Asian. Like, I mean, yep. I have tons of Asian influence around me. Um, but there was no legacy in my family. Like, they didn't leave anything for me. Right. They didn't, you know. And so, it's been on my heart to always do that for my kids leave something and that's why i'm doing a football uh league and people get it twisted bro they keep thinking oh you got a great football team no nah, i got six in the motherfuckers i gotta worry about not, you know, not one team it's not one <laughs> i got coaches i gotta worry about families organizations i got like businesses i gotta worry about i got yeah. sponsors i gotta worry about you know yeah. it's a big thing like and it's funny because i i kind of promote it as if i'm like a coach of it because i want all my coaches to see that I can be right there on that ground floor with them. Right. You know what I mean? Coaching these, coaching these boys up, you know, leading by example. Right. That's pretty much what I'm doing. But anyway, so moving out of the house at 17, something hit me to where my kids, they're going to, they're going to grow into something. Right. They're going to grow into something. And so when I was thinking about this uh, dissertation, I was like, I always want them to know that daddy started this. You know what I mean? Mm. That's that's my dad. So if this starts, if this blows up or whatever, and people can get a doctorate easier now, it's because of me. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Because because the lane that I opened up, which the lane you'll you'll probably you'll, you'll catch wind of this if you follow the lane that I opened up makes it easier for special education teachers to become doctors. Right. You know, very, it, it just makes it easier. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So, okay. How do, <laughs> so much, man. I know I'd be jumping all over the place. No, no, bro. no. I listen. You know the way my mind works. You know, what I'm saying it just works the way it works, and there's so okay. much stuff. That, like I said, initially, when um, when I was thinking of approaching you about the inter- interview, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, just full transparency. I was like, all right, he's black, he's Asian. There's all this <laughs> tension. Let's talk about that. But the more I listened yeah. to you, the more I started going down your catalog, the more I mm. said, ah, I can't, for mm. me personally, because 
you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the listener is going to get what I give them. But for me personally, right. I couldn't I couldn't resolve it with myself if I just stuck to that. Mm. You know, even though my, I appreciate my, you for not doing that, even though you. my mind was like on that because there's so much stuff going on. I was like, nah, this mm. dude is is way more. And because, you know, you know, I'm a fan of your content. Mm. Um, I, you know, for me, the for me, podcasting is about finding out about the person. Mm. You know That's what I'm saying? Deep. So, you know, I could just do that surface thing and just be like, all right, well, let me just find out. Let me say, hey, you black? Hey, you're Asian? Hey, what do you think about that? Let's talk for an hour and you know, bounce some questions. But I kid you not, I have um, four notebooks right here. Wow! And I have um, different stuff on there, but. I, you know, I just because once I started like writing out stuff, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about that? <laughs> oh, but what about this? Right. So, yeah. So for me, um, you know, so I say all that to say, how do we get to trolling? <laughs> <laughs> trolling these YouTube streets. <laughs> yeah. Trolling on YouTube. <laughs> well, shoot, man. Um, I play video games, bro. Like, I play video games. Um, I haven't lately because YouTube has taken over my life. But right. uh, I play video games, and I'm really good. I'm really good at playing. I'm really good. So I'm in these party chats. And so I'm in these party chats playing these video games. And as I'm talking, people are just dying laughing when I'm talking. You know? And so this one dude kept saying, binary, man, you need to get a Twitch. You need to get a Twitch. I'm like, what the hell is Twitch? You know, <laughs> I don't know what the hell Twitch is. Binary, get a Twitch, bro. Get a Twitch, bro. Uh, trust me, people will flood to your Twitch. Get a Twitch, dang, bro. You ain't kidding about the notebooks. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all yeah. can't see, but I'm showing them. I'm flashing them my notebooks. So. Yeah, he's flashing. Don't know he ain't kidding. <laughs> yeah, binary, binary. Uh, get a Twitch. Get a Twitch, bro. I'm like, I don't know nothing about Twitch. You know, I don't know nothing about that. They was like, what about YouTube? You can do YouTube. You'd be good at YouTube. I was like, ah, I guess. You know what I mean? And then so I tried I tried to do a video. It wasn't popping. My son. So my son and my, my nephew, they're really, they're really binary code. My son and my nephew, they, they're the ones, my 11-year-old. No, I, I guess no, all, all, all three of my sons. Uh, I have a, a, one's 18, one's 11, and one's six. All three of them actually helped me. And then my nephew's 12. So they're really binary code. Um, I dropped that first video. They were like, if you keep that video up, we're not helping you at all. Like, (laughs) take that shit down. I'm like, damn. (laughs) They're like, that was that shit was so cringy. You take that down. (laughs) Hold on. No, 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 no. We we not just gonna skip over that. What what uh, (laughs) what what was the video of? Is it still you? You, you, you took it? No, down? I took it down. No, I took it down. I okay. need the support. Okay, I need the support. Do you, do you still have the video? I still have the video. Yeah, it's bad, bro. Listen, I'm listen. I promise not to publish it. Could you send me? Could I get a, <laughs> could I get a copy? Could I get a copy? Oh, God, I, I need I need bad. to see this. But all right, all right. No, it's a gaming. It's a gaming video. You're not okay. going to want to watch it. Okay. It's bad, bro. No, it's, I, it's so bad. And you know, I wasn't being myself. You know, because they were telling me I need to get this. I need to get that. And so, like I told you, whenever somebody tells me or whenever I get into something, I dive into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought diving into this because I started watching YouTube like with a different lens. I wasn't just, you know, watching 
YouTube just to watch YouTube just to learn what's happening in the the conscious community. What's Young Pharaoh up to? Is he about to get his channel snatched? You know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> like what's really happening? You know, um, so I started watching and I started watching gamers. I started watching all that. I'm like, oh, they're like animated. And so I was faking it. You know what I mean? I was faking the animation. Like, like you know my, what's up, YouTube? You know yeah. how I do that as my intro? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that had to take practice. And I had to, you know, I had to go through the board. I have a board. <laughs> that's my that's my nephews and son. Yeah. I had to go through the board. I was like, is this some a people good don't, intro? Yeah, some people don't have yeah. a board, but go ahead. Right, yeah. I was like, is this a good intro? Is that a good intro? They're like, yeah, that one would work. Because I started out like, what was it? What was it? I was like... I was like, what up, Coke Gang? Like, I, I was like, I had some stupid, what up, Coke Gang? It's your boy, Brian Let's do this. No, I had something stupid, man. Like, I, you know, I had that stupid animated voice that wasn't real. It was just like, and we are back with another. Like, it was so bad, bro. Uh, they were like, they're like, uh-uh, <laughs> man. Mm-mm. You do that. We're not helping you. It's cringy. It's not going to work. And then um, my, my 11-year-old, he's the one that said, Dad, just be yourself. Just mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just be yourself. You're 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 just naturally funny. Just be yourself and we'll figure out how, you know, we'll figure everything else out. Just be yourself. Talk how you talk. Yeah. And when they told me that, that liberated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you think, I don't know what it is about going public and people listening to you. You think you have to change, you know what I mean? You yeah. have to change, you know what I mean? You have to fit this narrative. But they were like, nah, just be yourself. And, and when they liberate, when my kids liberated me to just be myself, it was over with. And that's how I got into this mode. And, um, and so I was doing the gaming, doing the gaming, uh, beating people's asses, right? Just, just kicking people's asses. Because, <laughs> you know, I would play, I would play different people around, you know, around the world in these games, just kicking their asses and talking shit, right? And so, but I wasn't getting the views. I'm like, dang, this is good. And I still have those videos up so you can watch those. I'm like, dang, this is good, but I'm not getting the views. I'm not getting the views. And my son was like, well, uh, you're good at talking trash. You ever considered like trolling? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, tro- I'm like, the hell is trolling? <laughs> you know, I didn't know what that was. He's like, you're good at talking trash. You're good at getting under people's skin. You're good at like making people like go crazy. And so I started studying trolling. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you d- and, and you dove all the way into it. Got all the way into it. Obviously. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it dove all the way into it. And then I was thinking, okay, let me let me uh go back because wait, hold on, hold on. Let me go back. I, I skipped, I skipped so much. I skipped so much. The trolling actually came before all the cringy stuff. Before all the cringy stuff. So that was more like, Dad, have you ever considered trolling? And I was like, what is trolling? I dove deep into it. And that's when I started trolling Lennon. So right. I, my bad. I had the timeline mixed up in my brain. You know what I mean? But that's when I started trolling Lennon. And that's what that was my first real taste of trolling. And then and then uh, I got into the gaming aspect because Max V told me, you know, about YouTube and how, you know, just because I was already kicking people's asses in, in video games. And he told me, like, you should start a channel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's when Binary Code started. And that's when all the cringy stuff happened. That's when my son reminded me about trolling. So he reminded me about trolling. Dad, you need to, you know, you're, you're going to talk to trash. You need to get into that trolling bag. And so that's when I went back into that trolling bag. So I had to clear up that timeline because I was like, wait a second. That doesn't sound right. But yeah, that's how, that's how it works. So I was Wesley TG when he told me about trolling back then. And so, and I didn't know, I didn't realize I was going to have like an actual channel 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I just wanted to fig- I just wanted to see what trolling felt like. And because I'm in special education, I knew about Umar. Right. You know what I mean? And so Umar would come up on my timeline and then I stumbled across Lennon. I'm like, oh, this dude is going hard after Umar. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And so at that time, it was like, you know, is Umar a scammer? In my brain, like, is he a scammer? Is he not? I don't know. Let me listen. Let me keep listening to this dude. Let me keep listening to, to this dude. And as he's talking, I realized like 98% of his audience, you know, were against Umar. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, this is going to be great. Uh-huh. And, and he's doing these call-ins. And so, bruh, I prepped and I prepped and I prepped and I wrote out these questions and I wrote out like, okay, I have to change my voice. It has to be more annoying. I have to get to that Asian pitch. Like, Hey guys, Hey, like in, in all that stuff worked. And so when I called in, Lennon fell in love with me at that point. He did. He fell in love with me because I knew I couldn't, I couldn't cause there was, you remember rock. That was part of rock. He was one of the, he was a real Umar supporter. That yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And people couldn't stand him. He was yeah, very yeah. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. For, very for, annoying yeah. because his questions were just stupid. Like he had dumb questions. Right. And so I was like, okay, I need to be that, but with very intelligent questions right. so that Lennon will engage with me. You know what I mean? And really, and I want to ask intelligent questions that a real Umar supporter would want to know the answers to. Correct. All right. So first I have to have an annoying voice, right? <laughs> and then I have to figure out, okay, I got to make Lennon laugh so that he warms up to me. And then I ask him these troll questions that have substance. So when he answers them, uh, he can help his audience even more. Right. So that was my whole troll move. And Lennon's super smart because he caught on to it right away. He knew exactly what I was doing right away. And that's why every time he saw my name, he'd bring me up. Yeah. You know, and so that's how Wesley TG was pretty much birthed. But I didn't know I didn't know it would turn into binary code. I did right. not know that. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's uh that's pretty much how I got into it. But uh my son pretty much reminded me of trolling. He right. reminded me of trolling. And so I was like, you know what? The gaming stuff ain't hitting. Let me go back to Umar. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go back to Umar and see what's going on in in Umar land. Right. Right. And that's when uh, the first first time I trolled was on Shock and Ross page. And it was this guy named P. I don't know if you know P from Shock and Ross page, but oh my gosh, I got under his skin so bad, right? I got under his skin so bad he hung up, right? He was just pissed, just hung up, right? And then 45 minutes later, 45, oh, maybe an hour later, I'm still on there trolling my ass off, right? Like an hour later, he calls back up and joins the panel. You know what this dude said? He said, me and my son were just discussing everything that you just said. (laughs) (laughs) So he got off the panel, went and got his son and was discussing everything. Like I got under his skin that bad to where... He took it to his family. Right. (laughs) Like, oh, we got to figure this out. What is happening here? And then he's like, because he he wasn't used to like i guess an intelligent troll right, right. <laughs> i don't know you know what i mean i don't yeah, know yeah be- but because trolling is usually just associated it just just being a dick that's what a yeah. troll is a dick yeah. or a hater mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. there's, there's no you know for for the most part there's no intelligent questions it's more right. of a a snarky i think what attracted me to what you actually do is you know in the middle of the trolling you actually are going Wait a minute. He got a 
Is there a point? <laughs> he has a point there. Let me go and think about it. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go, you know, I don't have the, you know, I'm not going to get offline and go and, you know, talk to somebody else about it. But it does make you, when you ask those questions and the way, yeah. the cadence, there's a whole thing that you do that I don't yeah. know if people get it, you know, right. like, but right. I, I, I started to get it and I was like, okay, this is, this is, some, to me, this is something different. And regardless of right. what people feel about it, it's just something different. And you have to be able to, you know, listen to it and, 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 and for me, acknowledge like, oh yeah, this is something different. That's what attracted me yeah. to it. Oh, that's what's up. And, and people with, uh, with your mindset and, and the way that you think it, that's my audience, you know what I mean? Uh, I would say, okay, 485 subs right now. I would say 300 people are like you, right. 185 of them. Uh, they believe like a lot of the shit that I say <laughs> and I love it. I right. love it. Right. You know what I mean? Like in, uh, like last night, was it last night or is night before we were talking about the city? Like right. Lamar wants yeah. to purchase a city. Yeah. I missed the um, live on that one. Oh, you missed. Oh, that's, that's okay. That's all right, man. But, uh, he was, um, people were getting upset with me. You know what I mean? As I'm, as I'm delivering my side of this, of, you know, my point of views, they were getting mad, but they don't understand that's what I love. Right. I want them to get upset. I want them to get mad. I want them to really think about what I'm saying. So as they get, what's making you so mad? Right. Is it because I believe in this dude's vision? Is that what's making you so mad? Or do I not believe in his vision? Or right. you just don't know if I believe right. in his vision or not. So you're pissed off right now. Right. Or is what I'm saying having making a little bit of sense to you? So now you're getting that. You know what I mean? So I love it, man. I love I love it. I love it. But I'm slowly, I don't know if you're catching this. I'm slowly moving away from the beef though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't anticipate. I didn't anticipate what I was running into as far as the beat, but I realized that I'm a monster with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, from my observation, what happens is, you know, um, the, the people that are like, I guess, predatory in nature, like they look for, you know, they, it's, it's, it's really like, we you know, we, we, we joke around and call it the YouTube streets, but it's really right. like the streets. Like the, yeah. there, there are some guys that like, you know, you know, they just kind of hang out, you know what I'm saying? Hang out in the streets. Mm-hmm. They there, you know, they're there for the fuckery or whatever. Yeah, they and, and, then, and they enjoy it. And, you know, they're not going to participate. They may say something a little here and there, mm-hmm. you know, look on the sidelines. Then there's the guys that come in and they're looking around to see what people have. And they're looking for easy, you know, somebody that's an easy mark. Right. Right. You know. I try to make myself look like that. Yeah. And so they, they <laughs> and then, but that's, the, well, that's what happens. So, so when you start trolling, when somebody considers you an easy mark and it's mm-hmm. partially because even if, even if you never cammed up, the sm- right. the laughing yep. kind of eases yep. people like, oh, this mm-hmm. guy's laughing, he's joking, you know, I, you know, I can... And and but it didn't. But then there's the the other people that are just straight like predator that right. are just looking right. to just you know right. destroy you know in in YouTube because we're not mm-hmm. talking about real life. But um, right. and there's right. a couple of people that want to do some nonsense in real life. But for the most part, it, it stays on there. Um, yeah. But yeah. there are people that are looking to do that. So you have a bunch of different people that you can pick from audience wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, like I said, you know, listening to you, I, I was like, you know, I understand what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, yeah. 
you know, um, so is there anything, is there like for, for like trolling, is there a limit for, I know there is because I've watched, <laughs> I saw something that, you know, um, you know, that you made a decision on, but it, what's, what, what would be your, your limit for as far as like trolling? Uh, dude, man. Um, I guess if it's really, really going to affect somebody's livelihood, you know, I stay away from it. Right. You know? You know so, yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. So, um, so what did we cover? Uh, everything, man. Yeah. We covered everything. Yeah. So we covered you, everything. Where do, where do you want to leave it at? That's my question. Where do you want to leave it at? Are you, who is binary code? All right, yeah, let's go. Let's let's leave it at let's 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 end with this. Let's end with the dark side of the moon. How about that? Okay. How about that? I I, I bet you a lot of people are curious about uh, you know, just my affiliation with the occult and things like that. You know, um, that's something I don't I don't hide on YouTube. I put that in everybody's face, and the reason why is because once you get past the mysticism of the occult and things like that, you see that there's actually life right behind it. So what they want to do is they want to scare you with all the Satanism type stuff and all that stuff so that the weak minded people will stay away from it. Don't want to study it because what I did, remember, I spent majority of my life learning about the light, learning about Christianity, learning about this, learning about that. And so I was like, you know what? Let me see what the other side is about. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I want to I really want to see what the other side is about. And so I dove deep into it, man. I dove as deep as. I dove as deep as my conscience would let me go, but I am going to tell you this, the other side, it leads you right to where sometimes Christianity leads you. And that is some, uh, rainbow coalition type stuff. If you know what I'm saying? Right. If, yeah. I don't want to get your, your podcast in trouble or anything, but, but you, you know what I mean? Like, it leads you to those. I don't know why, like religions and cults and things like that leads you to to there it's right. like ah uh. and so when i reached that point of the journey it was like well i guess this is where i exit stage left <laughs> i'm gone <laughs> i can't do any of that stuff and that's why in the music industry and in, in hollywood and all that they practice this kind of stuff that's why they're they're like the way that they are right because they're trying to go to these new heights they're trying to go to these new levels they're trying to reach you know different realms different spaces you know and so they take it there they think that you know that doing that is going to elevate them. And it does for a certain period of time. It elevates them for a certain period of time. But now you, I, I consider that the ultimate selling of your soul. Right. Like if you do something that unnatural um, and, not, and not like uh, willing, you do it because you're, you're trying to get something. Like it's not, you don't want to do it, but you're just doing it to get something out of it. Right. That is the selling of your soul. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's how I see it. And that, that happens a lot. So I learned what I needed to learn. I, I love what I learned uh, from the occult. And I, and I try my hardest to balance the two on my channel. Right. I try my hardest to balance the two. Uh, whenever I get into my discussions, I always talk about the middle way, which is Wu Wei. So who's ever listening? Please go ahead and study Wu Wei. You'll get that uh, from uh, Buddhism, from uh, from Hinduism, uh, from Zen Buddhism. The Wu Wei. That's, I'm pretty sure that's where Wu Tang got their their stuff from. You know, because they study they study that. Uh, I'm just glad that I have the freedoms to be able to study different things the way that I do. Uh, 
So yeah, the, the Wu Wei, the yin yang, man. Study, study all that. Study all that. And I'll leave it at that, man. <laughs> okay. So you know, I'm just gonna You got uh, questions probably. No, 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 no question. I was just gonna no. say in the uh words of uh Emperor Palpatine. Mm. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities, some mm. considered to be unnatural. <laughs>